This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and founder and CEO of several companies. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Welcome into another show, The Michael Wall Show. You have dialed into the right spot. I want to thank you for joining us and tuning in. And we got a special guest joining us today. You know, as you know from time to time on the show, we will have guests. We've had guests from rock stars to uh, celebrities to commentators to practical things from doctors to attorneys to all over the map. And I thought, you know, there's a gentleman that I met, Steve Walker, and he's a construction attorney and in, in, in litigation. And I thought, wow, what an interesting guest I think this would be for a piece of the pie. You might say construction. What? Help me understand. How does that dial in? But I thought, you know, one of the things that I think many of us do is buy homes. Now, I know there's many of you uh, listening to this show all over the world. So depending on where you are, the country that you're in, this this may have application. It may not. But for those of us for sure that are in the United States, I think this is important. You know, when you look at buying a home, sometimes it can be one of the biggest purchases or maybe it's an investment property, a second, third, fourth, fifth home, et cetera, that you might buy. And I thought, you know, why not give in this show some practical tips from someone who's been in the industry for a long time about how to uh, really make sure you're making a good decision on what to look for as you're buying a home. This isn't like you know, finding the right real estate agent or whatever. This is kind of getting behind, taking the curtains, kind of going behind the curtains and saying, okay, what else goes on back there? And uh, Steve, you have the opportunity to see a lot of the the down and dirty on the litigation side. So first off, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Steve is, uh, again, he's a construction attorney. He focuses on litigation and kind of cool. We've been in the industry quite some time now. By the way, if you're listening to this show and you missed some of the motivational segments or other segments, please go back and review those. Obviously, uh, any podcast app you're subscribed to. And we'd love your feedback on the shows as well, what you like about it, what you want to hear more of, et cetera. Uh, you can send that to us at Michael Wall Show on Facebook or just send us an email to info at Lean on the Walls, how we're doing it to keep it simple. All right. So, Steve, let's jump in. And you've been in this industry now for how long? I've been in the construction law industry for about 15 years. Okay. Before that, I was a prosecutor, so got quite a bit of trial experience that way. Wow. Yeah. But then uh, I joined a firm when I left the state attorney's office that did almost exclusively construction and commercial litigation. And when you were growing up, were you like, you know what? I can't wait to be a prosecutor and an attorney. Was that like in the blood or how did, how did that all come through? A little bit. I wanted to go into the FBI when okay. I was in law school. Yep. And I found out through the process of speaking with them that I was going to be assigned somewhere for three years. Okay. And I had no control over transferring, over moving from that place, wherever it might be. And recognized that the likelihood was probably Miami given the amount of work they have down there. So but you're going to be part of Miami Vice then? <laughs> that was the idea with the Ferrari Testarossa <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the, the sleeves rolled up in my sport coat. But yeah. uh, they also could have been Little Rock or yeah. Minnesota, which uh, I'm, as a Florida boy, that was mm. that was running afoul to my, my uh, nature. So I decided to turn my law enforcement desires over to being a prosecutor and working in that sense to to try to keep our streets safe and hold people responsible for what they do. So now you're now you're in construction attorney litigation specifically. And I wanted to ask you this question, and this is maybe for the other, we'll call it aspiring attorneys out there or even other attorneys in general that are out there. The question that I wanted to ask you, Steve, is uh, and quite honestly, in any business, I think, is this can, this can fasten. So tune in on this. And the question that I have for you, Steve, is have you found it beneficial? Because, you know, in the legal space, there's so many different types of law you can practice, Right from estate planning to uh, bankruptcy to everywhere in between to general to et cetera, to what you're doing. 
Have you found it beneficial to focus on a particular space? I have in the sense that it's the best way to become truly proficient mm. at a, a specific uh, area of law. Yep. You'll see a lot of firms that are run very, very thin in different areas of law because they're so broad. Yeah. But it's very, very hard to be able to do well multiple things and yeah. stay on top of the law, which is ever-changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most folks think, oh, it's the law, it's the law. No, it's always uh, in flux. So to stay on top of things and to get very proficient at what you do, having one focus is ideal. It does weigh on the business side against having a lot of work to do. Yeah. Because if you over-niche yourself, yeah. it's going to be very tough to bring work in. Yeah. But at the same time, it's truly the only way to get really, really good at, at what in, you do. In that space, yeah. So it reminds me of the idea that jack of all trades, master of none, right? Kind of kind of, like that thinking. Exactly. My dad calls me that outside my professional space because yeah. I, I do a lot of things. But um, <laughs> I, when it comes to work, I like to be able to sit you down like to focus. and focus and know the ins and outs of one area of law. Well, and again, we're going to we're gonna get to the home buyer beware, some, some things that you need to be aware of that I believe are going to give you some great insight as you're buying your next property, whether it's an investment property or where you want to live, et cetera. But before I jump there as well, I want to, I want to kind of stay in this lane because I always want to try and give some good business advice and tips along the way as you're listening out there. Whether you're an attorney or not, you might be saying, okay, how can I use my niche space that I'm in? Or maybe you're not in a niche space. Maybe you are you know, playing the jack-of-all-trades game and you're trying to focus in. You're like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I want to do. Focus on something, as Steve said. You know, become an expert in that space. And then the beautiful thing about that, and Steve, even for your situation and others, is now when you become an authority in a particular space, now you can take that knowledge. A lot of times we think of, okay, how can we make money uh, with the knowledge that we have in the space that we're in, which a lot of times is confined in your space, as an example, to the legal space, specifically construction. Obviously, we have uh, wealth firms where we're helping families with money. So that's one of the things that we do. But one of the ways that you can exponentially increase your revenue is by taking the knowledge that you have and saying, okay, let me think about this. How can I share this more with the masses? I can still stay in my lane, but I can share this information with the masses. Maybe it's through writing a book. Maybe it's through creating a blog. Maybe it's through creating a podcast. Maybe it's through doing something that is outside of the norm that you know there's other people that are looking for this knowledge. And then when you start to get a little bit of a following, then you can be in a place where you can start to charge for some additional information, which gives you the effect and the opportunity of multiplication. So as you're listening to this, that's why it's so important to become an expert in a particular field. And then you can take that knowledge and leverage it to make exponential money. And that's where, they, where, where the real dollars come in. So uh, just as a little something I wanted to tag on there, Steve, so I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Now, so let's talk about this. When people are buying a home, and I know a lot of times you do litigation for large builders and, and whether it's HOAs, uh, et cetera. So why don't you just take a minute and talk about a lot of what you, what you do, and then we'll jump into what people should be looking for. Well, within the construction niche, we represent folks who, uh, what we, I refer to perhaps impolitely, the, the mom, pa, who just bought a home and have an issue, okay. all the way up to multinational, multi-billion dollar publicly traded companies who are developing huge communities. And on the individual homeowner side, it's very difficult. I tell clients this straightforward. It's very difficult for me to be able to make them happy mm. because under the American law of attorney's fees, they're usually not going to be able to recover them from the builder. Mm -hmm. So unless it's a huge issue, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to take that case all the way to trial, which is always the potential, yep. and still make them happy unless it's several hundred thousand dollar problem that they have yeah. on, on construction. Okay, But we also represent throughout that spectrum 
smaller subcontractors that have, issue, have issues with either getting payment from the general contractor or dealing with defect claims made by a homeowner all the way up until, as I mentioned, huge general contractors and developers who are defending claims by individual homeowners and by, lately it's been a glut of huh. homeowners associations that are making claims against developers with respect to common elements like the streets and roadways. Not the, being the, taken care the of. The community pools. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not so much being taken care of, although that is part of the developer's responsibility before it turns the homeowners association over to the owners. Mm-hmm. They, they do have an obligation to maintain the, the common elements. Yep. But it's more focused on, lately, their issues with the way that construction was done. Uh, okay. The way that way the community was developed, whether it's site work or roadways, whether yeah. it's the pool at the community, whether it's the community clubhouse itself. And as I mentioned earlier, if in a multifamily situation where mm. the HOA is responsible for the exterior of townhomes and the roofs and windows of townhomes, yep. then that those become issues in so far as how those elements were constructed. So you, we talked a little bit off air about the idea of some things to be looking for. And I want to go kind of the consumer side here, Steve, if we can. Sure. Some things to be looking for as a consumer. You know, you're going in to buy a home. Obviously, you've seen the other side of it, the down and dirty when people are like, hey, this wasn't done or that wasn't done or I can't believe they missed this or whatever. And, and now they're kind of stuck, right? Or, or one of the things you talked about is assessments and things. We'll talk about that in a minute. What are maybe two or three things that if somebody's looking to buy a property, maybe it's for their own home, maybe it's an investment property, maybe it's a condo, maybe it's whatever. And again, as you're listening to this, I wanted to bring this up because as you grow in life, you know, and as you exponentially grow, that's the goal of the show is to help you get into a place where you can really, that's why I shared that little quick, if you miss that tidbit, there's a lot of money in that in that two minutes that I shared about using your knowledge exponentially. And if you miss that and run by it and be like, ah, it's a really, that's kind of an interesting idea, but that's probably not for me. I'm telling you, you're missing out on hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars if you don't pay attention to that. So pay attention to what I said there. The goal is to try and help you be in a place where you can exponentially increase your lifestyle giving more back to things that really matter and living with purpose, which is the goal of the show. And part of that is probably going to be buying more real estate or buying real estate at some point along the way, whether that's in Colorado or Utah or in sunny South Florida where we live or anywhere in the world. So, Steve, from your perspective, what would you say would be a couple things of just your experience over the years and seeing both sides of the aisle from consumers to builders what are some things or, or are there a few things that you would recommend that when people are moving into, let's talk about a personal home first, because kind of a personal home versus condos might be a little bit different. Are there a couple things that you would say, you know what, these are some things that the consumers need to be looking for or looking out for, not to be scared about the world, but to be looking out for when they're buying a property? Well, I think the best way to go about it is to start from the outside in. So as you're looking for, let's say, a single family home, mm-hmm. evaluate the environment, take a look around at what's nearby. Is there an empty parcel right behind the house or next to it? What's the possibility for something being built there that you you wouldn't want there mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to a park or, <laughs> or, or, or some virtue? And look at the everything from the grading to go by there at night. Is there a train track nearby you didn't know about? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it go by there when it's raining a lot. Is, is there a, a drainage issue when it mm-hmm. comes to water? So start from the outside then look to the inside. and But even before that, when you get to the outside, look at the building itself. What is the nature of the construction? For a single family home, is it stucco on a concrete block? Many times in Florida, you'll see stucco on concrete block on the first floor and stucco on wood frame on the second floor. Mm. Stucco on wood frame is where we see a lot of problems to the point where a lot of developers have stopped building 
stucco on wood frame construction in Florida because of the issues it creates as much water yeah. as we have here yeah. and as much rain as we get. That that tends to be a common factor when it comes to water intrusion into mm-hmm. your home. Mm-hmm. So take a look at the construction. And then once you do that, you're going to want to evaluate certainly on the inside, looking for any red flags, mm-hmm. any indications that you recognize or that you can do research on and re- realize are the effect of potential construction defects that could be an indicator that there's something worse going on behind the so, drywall. So what would be one or two indicators that you've seen over the years? Well, when I do home inspections where issues have been raised and talking to our experts that we hire, uh, things that you can pick out are in any kind of cracking or separation in the drywall itself, whether in a corner, underneath a window, that's a, an indicator that there's something going on behind the wall. It's likely not to be something tragic, but it's an indicator that there's some water involved. Same thing with crown molding. If you can see crown mm-hmm. molding starting to separate, mm-hmm. that that does happen without water mm-hmm. um, coming into the to the unit. It's any kind of change in temperature is going to lead over time to a separation between dissimilar materials, but it also can be an indicator that there is a bigger problem behind the wall. And so, look, looking for those red flags, obviously, any kind of uh, water stain around a, a window uh, in the corner, usually in the bottom corners, where you're going to see things. But also look up top. Uh, the lack of a proper flashing in a window header, the top of a window from the mm-hmm. outside, mm-hmm. can lead water to come in at the top of the window. Yeah. So it's it's good to look all around any opening, doors, windows, vents. Look and look at the ceiling because a water leak doesn't always indicate to you where it's coming from. You mm-hmm. might see a, a repainted surface on the ceiling and think, well, there's a leak above that. Not necessarily. Could be coming from a vent, uh, a room or two away and running down the truss system and just happening to drip on the ceiling there. Yeah. So little things like that you're going to want to pay attention to when it comes to the interior of a unit. Which I think is I think is great insight. And again, these are some practical tips on this show that we want to give you for things that matter, which is buying a home and you know investment properties, et cetera. Because you know, a lot of times what happens, Steve, I think people are in a place where they kind of one, if there's a couple involved or if it's just one person in general, you know, they might, they might be in a place if they're not an investor type mindset, right? An investor type mindset is going to go in there with a little bit more of a, you know, sharp number two pencil and say, okay, what about this? What about this? And trying, because they're trying to make money on the project, right? But if somebody's going in there and they're just looking for another home to live in, they may not analyze the situation quite as close. Or they might say, well, I just love this neighborhood and oh, I love the way this house looks in the lot and I love, you know, whatever. They might be immune to, if you will, uh, some of these little details that you're mentioning. But I think these are really, really important. And and by the way, it's like anything else in life. We, when we make decisions, we want to make sure we're making decisions in the best decision possible because we don't want to find ourselves in places later on uh, where we're coming back and we're having to connect with Steve, you know, potentially. Now, Steve doesn't mind that because it's good for his business. <laughs> well, I tell everybody, you're not coming to see me because things are great. Right. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's flip the side here. And that's talking about homes. Let's talk about condos. You know, there's a lot of condos out there, whether it's in California or whether it's on a ski resort somewhere or whether it's in, you know, South Florida here on the ocean or even other places in general. Uh, are there any things that might be a little bit different? You talked about association dues and assessments and things Correct. like that. And these are, I thought, you know, that's a great point that a lot of people don't think about in the process. Yeah. And, and to your point just now, when it comes to even just buying your own next home or residence, there might be some things about it that you know aren't ideal, but you can tolerate like a, mm. for example, a small kitchen yeah. or uh, having a, a, a railroad that runs not far away and it's not going to bother you. But you have to think about it in the sense of resale. Yeah. If it's even noticeable to me, it's going to be noticeable to every other potential purchaser when I go yeah. to sell. That's a great point. Yeah. So keep that in mind as you make these decisions. And as you pointed out too, the number two pencils for the investors, approach it that way. Mm. Take a look at the, the documents. Don't just go look at the house. Yeah. Go over 
how many times has this house been sold before? For what prices? What permits have been pulled on it? Are there mm-hmm. any open permits? That's part of the inspection process, too, when, when you hire someone to come in. But also to analyze what's going on in the areas around. And for any house you have within an HOA, take a look and analyze the possibility of the same thing I'm going to talk about with condos, which is, is there an assessment right around the corner? Well, and, and, and let me just jump in real quick, because this whole HOA thing, this is a big deal. You know, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and there's a lot of people at least coming down south or in other places of the country that used to live in areas where there were they did not have HOAs. I mean, that was just it just wasn't part of the deal. Does right. that make sense? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're coming down, you're looking at a place, and you're not really thinking through the lens of what it looks like to be in these associations and communities. And we see a lot of people, when they retire or they're looking to retire, et cetera, they're moving to places like that. And so it's a brand, kind of a brand new world in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, I, I can see that for sure. So I think that's a valuable conversation. And you're getting ready to jump in and talk about the associations and assessment. Talk about that real quick and sure. why that's important. Sure. The, the, the condos, just like an HOA when it comes to certain common elements, the entire exterior of the condominium is a common element. And therefore, the condominium association is responsible for maintenance. And there may be some issues that certain owners have outside on their balcony, so to speak, where other owners don't have that problem, but it's still the condo's responsibility to take mm. care of it, to maintain mm. it. And they, they then pass along the cost yeah. among all of the owners. Yeah. And it could be something pretty substantial, like the entire building need to have its stucco redone or every balcony fix, as we've seen over here on, on the beach uh, in at, certain buildings. At the Ritz, yeah. And those those prices get passed down. The cost gets passed down to all of the owners. Yeah. So analyzing the quality of construction when you're looking at a condo, but also getting a handle on what is the current status of what's going on <laughs> among maintenance. When was the last time they took care of yeah. balcony railings? When was the last time they addressed these different common element issues? Yeah. Because if it's been a long time, then it might be right around the corner that, that a, a big bill comes on your door asking for your share of the assessment. Yeah, and, and these sound like weed conversations, like, hey, we're diving deep here, and we, we kind of are a little bit, but we're doing it for the perspective to help you, again, make good decisions as you're purchasing real estate. Because, you know, as we talked about, the last thing you want to do is look at a place, oh, this is such a great condo, and I'll buy in here, and then all of a sudden, a month later, you get a $20,000 assessment bill, you know, to help out. And it reminds me, Steve, when you're talking about sharing in the cost of things. And to put it into context for you, as you're listening to this show, many of you out there are familiar with a 401k, right? You've heard of a 401k before. Well, one of the disadvantages of a 401k is is a plan that encompasses everybody that works for that company. So you might have C-level executives all the way down to people that are just starting, you know, mopping the floor. Not that any position is bad or good, but there's just the reality. You got people adding different amounts of money into that 401k. And if you're in a situation where they talked about the hidden fees, there was lots of studies done on hidden fees of 401ks. And if you got a C-suite executive selling out their five or $10 million positions, in that 401k because they're going to roll it out and retire. They got to sell all their positions. And guess who's guess who's sharing in the cost of selling <laughs> yes. all of those positions? Everybody in the 401k. So it's it's similar to that to kind of help you put your mind around that a little bit. So any other thoughts that you would leave the listeners with, Steve, that you say, you know what, these are just a couple, one or two things that I would recommend in just my years of experience. If you're going to buy a home or you're going to buy an investment property, this, make sure you also think about this. Well, think about the seller whether it's a developer or a contractor, how well suited are they to deal with issues in the future when it comes to warranty claims? Yeah. Same thing with the seller from a private individual. Are, are they someone who's in, this is an investment of house they're trying to turn around after updating it or what have you? Yeah. And how well do they pay attention to this being a place where someone would reside as opposed to just a commodity? Yeah. And, and that can have a big impact on the level of work they do and how well it's going to play for you 
as the days go by and and issues come up. I think that's important because, again, I mean, a lot of times you're in a place where when you're buying real estate, a lot of times, you know, you're going and trying to buy it on yourself online or which more the normal route is you have a real estate agent. And unless you have a long you know, relationship with a person that, you know, is very well vetted and, and does a great job and really cares about helping sell you the right property. You know, most real estate agents at the end of the day, it's a it's a wham, bam, next situation. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the game that they're in. That's what they do. But, you know, they're interested in driving sales for the month, not necessarily making sure that you have all of the details. You know, if, if they got a property that's in their queue, they want to sell it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so keep that in mind. Again, not that real estate agents are bad or good. I'm just saying you want to be looking at the other side of the aisle as well. Well, Steve, thanks so much for sharing some of your insight and thoughts and and feedback. If someone would want to connect with you, I guess we can direct them to you. Or sure. is there a way? Yeah. So if you got a question for Steve directly, um, again, a construction attorney focuses on litigation. He's been in the space for quite a long time. I met him a little while back, and I thought, you know, this would be a great little show to do as a little buyer beware and an encouragement to help you out there as you're buying real estate. So if you have a question for Steve, or you uh, say, you know what, I might need his services. We got a property that's kind of awry, or we got a builder that's you know having trouble working with, or maybe you're a large construction organization listening to this saying, you know what, I need help in protecting ourselves. This is what Steve does. Feel free to reach out to the show again. We've we've slated it to keep it simple. Just send an email to info. That's info info at leanonthewall.com. That's kind of our mother hub for all the companies and everything. So info at leanonthewall.com, and then just put in the subject line construction or home show or whatever you want to do there, and we'll make sure we get that info back out to Steve. But thanks again for joining us, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And as always, here is to living a life that is living on purpose so you can live with purpose. The challenge, as always, go out this week and do something for someone else that can do nothing in return for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.